Hi, and thanks for tuning in. My name is Nick DePalma. I'm the founder of the R&D agency Spacetime Labs and the executive producer of this program, Designing Science Conversations. This podcast miniseries began as a design research project to explore an approach to science conversation that is more human-centered. We partnered with designer and author Fred Dust and his design collaborative, Dust & Company, after reading his book, Making Conversation, Seven Essential Elements of Meaningful Communication. We met on the live audio platform Clubhouse to record these conversations with scientists and our listening audience about their questions, their challenges, and their achievements. Every conversation was a remarkable sharing experience. It was a partnership that we were designing together in real time. After recording eight episodes, we took a moment to reflect on the experience we shared and more perspective on what we learned. And this is the introduction to designing science conversations. The conversations around science have become not just kind of unclear, but actually deeply polemic and, and problematic. It feels like there's never been a moment for us to be having conversations about science and the pursuit of truth than now. And so that plus, I think, the notion that we would actually pair that with a conversation about gender difference, race difference, like, you know, like cultural difference in the scientific space just felt like it's like, w what better and more timely conversation could we have? So it's so really, I mean, the, the, the timing was everything. And then, of course, as you know, it's like flattery will get you everywhere. So it's like whenever, <laughs> whenever someone reaches out to an author, they're, they're like so desperate for like, wait, somebody read it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. But, but it's like, but I do feel like your notion of kind of pursuing clarity and easiness of communication in the scientific realm just feels like, while it's always been important, it could never be more so, right? So I felt like that was right. And I think it was a real gift for us during this kind of fairly turbulent era to have these moments to kind of speak with these really distinctive voices. I mean, and of the episodes that we've done, like, Every one of them, I remember leaving me like, oh, that was my favorite. Oh, that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I know that happens. Every one of these, there are moments in here that some are just gut punches and some of them are just, I'm almost in tears. I'm inspired and uplifted by, I think back to the conversation that we had with Nicholas Bond, the blind astronomer. That story was powerful and Friends that that I have that are working in astronomy that are trying to make astronomy more accessible, Kim Arcand, who is also a guest who actually knows Dr. Bond quite well. But yeah, his story was just fascinating. And it wasn't necessarily other scientists that led him into the research of astronomy. It was his own family that was kind of talking to him and describing, you know, so his science communication was not from science at all. It was from his own family that shared this deeply emotional connection about the beauty of our universe. It was fascinating. Yeah. And what's interesting is that it's like, I mean, that's the other part of the interesting thing about this show is it ends up being sort of a travelogue because, you know, at that point, like you're suddenly kind of, you're taken to like the middle of Australia, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and, and where, where the night sky is pretty much all you have. And it's this kind of like, it was a really remarkable moment. Or I think of even sort of like, it's like I think about Mae Fern and the work on the speech pathologist and her kind of insight around language and that kind of thing has been really interesting. We, we just, I think we've gotten so lucky with so many of our guests. We really did. And thanks to all of them who who joined, there was just such a variety of perspective, which is what you hope every conversation has as much as you can and what you hope 
science communication has. And sometimes I really do think again sometimes about that term. It's really just communication. It just so happens yeah. the subject is science. And I'm, I'm seriously want your opinion about this because in conversation and having conversations with people, if people don't see themselves in it, it doesn't exist. And that's what I tell scientists about communicating their research to make it very human, to make it more human. And that by calling it science communication, are we creating a wall? Is it a context of difference that's hard to get through? Or is that a helpful lens? Or does it really just depend on the audience that we're having the conversation with? It's a great question. And you're kind of framing it in a way that I hadn't really thought about it before, which is that it's like, does adding that additional term science kind of make it feel more difficult? I mean, what's interesting about I think most of our conversations on the, the podcast that we, we've been doing have been is that they really don't feel like they're focused on science. And it's it's more kind of it's like it's thinking, it's musing, it's kind of it's like it's looking at the world, it's thinking about philosophy. And so there's, there's so many other ways to kind of begin to think about it. But in, in essence, they're kind of like looking at the essence of of humanity, of nature, of the world? It's a great question. Have we just had a bunch of conversations about science? We've had a bunch of conversations with scientists, certainly. And certainly we've hit the areas of area things that they're exploring. But no, I don't think we've been sitting there being like, let's talk science first. It's like, let's talk people first or human first or globally first. And I asked this too of some scientists, the very first time you ever heard a Beatles tune, did you really think about what the actual chord progression was that George Harrison was using when he wrote whichever? Yeah. Because you don't necessarily connect with it immediately on that level. Maybe some musicians, of course, do, but still it's, we meet at that very emotional level most of the time when it comes to communicating on science or discovering something. And I prefer to use discovery and exploration whenever possible because science really, you can't separate it from life, right? It's really just a disciplined curiosity about the way everything is and you just go deeper. I really like that. And that's really, I think, at the essence of kind of what we're always talking about with the notion of even thinking about making conversation, which is that it's like our job, I think, as humans to be curious, to be curious about others, to be curious about the things that they're exploring. It's like the only way you unpack things. And so I think that what's been wonderful is not just being able to kind of talk about the kind of areas of exploration, but to kind of find the very human roots to why they're there and the paths they've taken and what the hardships they had to get there or the good fortune. There have been really lovely, very human conversations. And and at moments where it always felt like they were hitting some issue you know, that, right. that, that felt very present to the moment and still do. So it's it's been a great, great journey. And ending each of these episodes, I do talk about, you know, the importance of conversation and in, in, at least from my perspective, again, as I tell other authors, there's the book you write, and then there's the book I read, which is everything you wrote, but then there's my context to it. So there's a conversation. It just doesn't necessarily happen in real time. And I stress the importance of conversation because it teaches us to listen, because listening is such an important part of communication. You take that, obviously, so much farther with the book and it's just it's brilliant and it couldn't come at a better time you were talking about timing early in this conversation but your book came at such an important time and what are you still learning about your own book what is that and i encourage anybody listening to this to to, to really read it to check it out 
it'll be more important than you think it is by the time you're done with it. I really do think it has so many more uh, hidden connection to it. But what is that you discovered and still discovering from writing it? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm discovering the incredible relevance of it, obviously, to the, to the moment. And, you know, there's a couple of funny things, which is like almost everyone who reaches out to me who's read the book, I'm like, well, of course, if you want to talk, we can talk. And, I, and so I do do calls with people. And it's been fascinating to have people who've been like, oh, I changed my life after the book. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's, it's like, Feels a little you know, weird, I mean, doesn't it? But, yeah, but literally, it's great. Like, it's like I was on the phone with a woman like a uh, week and a half ago. And she's like, yeah, I've just kind of changed my career entirely. And, she, and so I was like, okay, well, let me see if I can help you find this newfound hunger yeah. to, to, to do this. But it's like, you know, so I think that's been interesting. I think what's been fascinating is the places where it's found resonance, you know? So it's like so much of my conversations in the start were actually in philanthropic political context context, landscapes like that, like look, talking to various aspects of government, talking to the Surgeon General. And then, you know, you'd go to like a business context and people like, really? Like, I have to learn how to talk? Like, everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, there's so much I have to learn. I have to, I have to learn about making conversation. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And it's helpful. And so one of the things we've done, and I think you know this, Nick, like that we've launched a company, Dustin Company. Um, yeah, yeah, called yeah. Called that because, because my team really likes the name Dust, not because of my, my hubris. and we have yet to do a launch on it and people are just reaching out of the blue just basically saying oh i think we could use this you know it's like we we, like what we need to and it's like i just feel like it's never been more difficult and yet more important for us to learn how to have conversations or as we say like build conversational cultures and so it isn't that i wrote the book and thought it was going to spur a next generation of the work i was going to do i didn't but yet it in fact did and I think it's because everybody's like, well, yeah, we need this. And so it's been very gratifying. Years ago, when I started Space Time Labs, I had a conversation with Megan Smith, who at the time was the director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy at the White House. She was a special advisor to Barack Obama. And before coming onto that position, she was, I think, vice president of technology at Google X or whatever. And I actually got to have like a 15-minute conversation with her before she went on stage to give a closing keynote at a, at a conference. She was fascinating. And, and I admit my knees were a little weak <laughs> talking to her because for me, she's a, a real hero. She really is an inspiring person and wicked smart. And so, when I told her about this creative agency for science, you know, her eyes just got huge, right? And she's like, wow, that sounds really cool. But what is it? <laughs> and I'm still, you know, at that time, I was still really kind of developing a lot about a manifesto and the brand and all this other stuff around it. And I asked, you know, the questions that I'm still trying to solve for and all this other stuff. And she goes, you know, you're on the right path. You're asking all the right questions and you're never really going to be finished most of the time you're going to find out that your real answers are just better questions and more elegant and focused questions. She goes, but my my best advice to you is to just start because you won't learn anything until you do. That was a moment. That was a real moment. And I think with Dust and Company, you've already launched. I don't think you know it. <laughs> Maybe you don't, but you've already launched because enough people are certainly reaching out to you and keeping you very busy and want to learn from you. It's, you know what? People hear the process of learn, unlearn, and relearn, and it's frightening. It's scary. Um, research is scary. The unknown is scary. But when you experience it, it's powerful. 
I mean, it's really, really powerful. And yeah, I think it's a really cool move. What other people are discovering is just how powerful conversations can really be. I know I have. I mean, uh, just going through this with you. Yeah. Likewise, it's been it's been a joy to kind of work with you. I think I think that one of the things that's been interesting is that one other thing that I realized was like about why I was like so game and excited is that it's like it is that like every moment should be a learning moment. Like we should be yeah. <laughs> taking it as right. much as we can. And so I feel like I got to really have conversations with frankly people who I wouldn't necessarily be in deep conversation with as frequently and often as, as we've been able to do them. So it's been fantastic and look forward to maybe think about something new once this season gets out. I sure hope so. I want to keep working with you and your team and just these amazing friends that I've made throughout this. And again, I can't thank you enough for your partnership. Every conversation has been a real gift, Fred. I appreciate it very much. It's been amazing. And then we'll connect on some other stuff soon. Right on. 